I'm Aitan, and welcome to the final 93-20 match review podcast of the season. City slapped Watford 5-0, the sun shone on our travelling support, and the Guardiola song got a decent airing for the first time in a while. Joining me to wrap up this season's review podcasts, I've got the heavyweights, the big hitters, the guys who make these things tick, Howard Hockin and Stefan Borson. Welcome, gentlemen. And I'm going to get stuck straight in with an opening question. Um, Howard... Yes. You went to the premiere. You got invited to the premiere of the 9320 documentary. How was yeah. it? Tell us a little bit about it. Obviously, as a mover and shaker, I get invites to all these sort of things. And a tastemaker. Mover, shaker, <laughs> and a tastemaker. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was really good. Uh, now, I think by, by the time people listen to this, there will be one out. Uh, Basic City, I've, maybe not everyone will know this, have done a documentary uh, on well, just past the fifth anniversary now of obviously the ninety three twenty that moment, the QPR match, the day as a whole, uh, and they split it up into sections. So there's a fans view of the day, and I saw that, and I saw the players view of the day. I think, uh, don't quote me on this. There are two other bits as well. I think there's a staff because I've seen something online. There's a staff view of the day, and maybe a media one as well. Uh, so I've seen two of them, and I think the fan one is out at 5pm on YouTube today. Uh, and it's just, I mean, we all remember the day, so, you know, I know people say, well, we don't need to see it again, but it's it's brilliantly put together, basically. It's very good. Uh, I thought the fan one was excellent, uh, quite humorous, uh, good recollections, but I thought the player one was better because you don't often hear what players have to say about, you know, you, you see him play football, but you don't see their side of a day like this. Uh, and I think that was a bit longer as well. Uh, just an excellent watch, so just look out for them uh, when it comes up on uh, on YouTube. And also, as a little surprise afterwards, uh, Gail Cliche and Fabian Delph came in and did a Q&A. Uh, Fabian didn't have... <laughs> Fabian to say just... about that day, obviously. <laughs> Well, it turns out the best mates. So Fabian just tags, yeah, I say tags along. He just goes everywhere that Fab- <laughs> that Cliche goes. So they're inse- <laughs> utterly inseparable. He's pure, pure Yorkshire. So he's really funny anyway. Brilliant. And he couldn't, he couldn't remember, he couldn't work out why he was sat at home that day watching it when he should have been playing because we all played at the same time. And then yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently he was injured, so probably not. That it really surprised. took him that long. It took him that long to figure that out. Listen, why was I sat at home drinking beers when I should have been playing that day? But, because you were uh, injured, you sick note. Yeah. Uh, but he's, he's a great laugh, and Gail was just just absolute lovely bloke. Uh, very, very, yeah, just a nice bloke, and talked honestly about it. Uh, announced that he isn't, you know, Twitter's basically announced it anyway. He's not staying next season, so he will be leaving. He loves... He considers England his home, so wants to stay in the area. Got a young family, uh, and it was just nice. Got to meet them, said thank you to him for everything, because you know we've slagged, we've slagged him off. Uh, his performances have tailed off, but at the end of the day, he's been a consummate professional, and, and you know we've won four trophies with him. Uh, I think it's four, isn't it? Two titles, two league cups, Absolutely. and and he's always done his best. If that best's not good enough now, then obviously he goes. Uh, but it was nice to say thank you to a player for for basically being involved in the best period of sport in a club in my life. So yeah, it was I a really think, really nice. It's a bit weird how they've not. Do you think it's a bit weird how they've not allowed these guys? That, so the ones that are leaving, the cliches of this world. I mean, cliche is you know we've all got our views on cliche's current performance, as you say. But he has been a good servant. He's 
he's won trophies. He's been a key, you know, pretty key player over the last, what, four years, five years? Yep. Oh, yeah. And he gets, well, he's been he gets been nothing at all. I think he's been here sick. I mean, I don't know. He was he quite... There was a question about legends. He wasn't asked if he was one, uh, but I remember him saying something like, "No, you know, he was very modest about it. I'm not a legend type thing. It's you know, I've come here to do a job, and uh, I think he's he's quite happy with that. And perhaps he perhaps it's come from him. Maybe he said, you know, I, I don't expect anything. I want to just you know see out the season and go. I don't know, but what can you do for him? You can't do." What we did for Zabaleta. we can't yeah. do what we did for Zabaletta. I think no, there will be, there will be something released. Well, there'll be videos and stuff, and uh, I don't know what, what what's the middle line because you can't do the Zabaletta thing because he's obviously not he's not revered like that. So I think they should have done a Zabaletta testimonial. Yeah, to 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 lift him onto the, that next level in terms of appreciation, and then the players that were leaving that have obviously been leaving. So. Clichy, I'm assuming Yaya's not, although no doubt we'll talk about it. Those players should have got effectively what, what Zaba got at the end of the game, the last home game. Can I, I don't be, know. Can I be honest, Stefan? I, I, I'd, normally, I would, t- normally, I'd agree with that. I'd, I'd sort of go with the point of view of this feels a bit weird. But actually, what I've come to realise, or it's my own rationalisation of it, is that it feels weird because it's so many of them at once. Right, So if you think back to when Milner left, now Milner left also because his contract expired and Milner was also very much a terrorist hero, I would say, when, when certainly when he left, he was an incredibly, incredibly popular player amongst the supporters. And actually, when Khaldun gave his kind of end of season review that season, he spoke so warmly and so nicely about Milner that I remember at the time thinking, Oh, that's a really cool thing. Like that's you know, the the chairman has come out and acknowledged in a really warm and and public and positive way the contribution that 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 Milner's made to the club. So I guess that when I thought about that, I, I kind of went, maybe we just feel like it's weird because it's so many of them at once. What do you reckon? Uh, I don't know. I, I think that's there's one definitely one factor, but you know, six years. You know, it's a long time, hmm. and and it's right through all of that really successful period. So um, I think it, you know, and also he's not leaving under a cloud in the way that Milner did, where he's just turned down the contracts and walked out the door. Yeah, uh, you know, Clichy is kind of leaving for because we don't want him effectively. Yeah, I, I, I said last week. I, I don't know if it's even possible, but I think what would a joint testimonial would have been great. Uh, so yeah, we can't. We're not going to have one Zabaleta, one for Cliche, one for. But imagine, a maybe class even of, it, a class maybe of even, eleven, twelve. Yeah. yeah, even in a year's time, maybe when yeah. Torre has gone, because if he does stay, it'll only be another year. Mm. And a triple testimonial, if they're allowed to do that whilst playing for another club, I don't see why not. At the end of the day, it's a charity match in the summer, so uh, that is something I'd love to see next summer. Maybe uh, I think it would be nice to have a match to have a. A proper send off, yeah, but it's good, just good idea. That it's just tarnished, yeah. It's it's different. Yeah, you know, it's basically you all sit on the internet typing cliches, crap, get him off the pitch, and yet when you actually meet them, you you do feel a bit stupid because they are human beings, nice, and they're obviously 
real hard-working professionals and you know it is what it is he, he's not good enough to be in that team anymore but it's nice to meet you know it makes you think basically that yeah being a keyboard warrior 24 7 isn't the doesn't look good on us <laughs> as fans but you know just as much as as the players bad performances you know yeah, it just, I think we, we go too far don't we, we definitely really but that's don't. part of you know that i know me, it's that's, like, that's kind of part of football from from the when i first started following and supporting football it's kind of you know it's part of the game i guess that's what i'm trying to say is that you know, yeah every overreaction every you know players go from being heroes to zeros to heroes again in, in you know you remember i always I, I i always think i've always thought this season when thinking about bravo about um caballero in the run-up to the league cup and i remember you know just the the kind of negativity around the idea that he was going to play in net instead of joe Hart. and i remember the kind of the vitriol and, and it was proper personal and proper nasty and then he and it's literally he single-handedly by by it ending up in a penalty shootout he single-handedly wins us the league cup so yeah. it just shows that you know players go very very quickly from being heroes to zeros um well oh, that weekly that week leading up about you know because he'd said once that he was playing he's gonna stick yeah with his cupkeeper the absolute oh, people were having meltdowns <laughs> I mean, I might have been one of them, but yeah, it just makes you just goes to show, doesn't it? It's not that simple sometimes. So no, definitely not. Um, okay, Stefan, uh, slightly different opening question for you. Uh, I don't know if you've seen today the hashtag "Not Without You" thing, which City have done. Um, which, for anybody who lives in a box or doesn't have Twitter and doesn't know what's going on, has basically been um, City's players, even though the season ended yesterday, are all still in Manchester doing various community-related things. And today, they turned up at the houses or the workplace of, of various supporters just to say thank you. Um, now, for me personally, I, I thought it was a really, really, really cool thing. I'm, I'm, I'm a... Yeah, I, I think that clubs, when they do shitty things to supporters, we are the first people. We're on the front line, whether you do a podcast or you've got a Twitter account, you're on the front line to, to go and criticise the club. But I also think that when the clubs do something good, that we should hold our hands up and go, that's really cool. For me, that thing was really cool. Do you know, Have you seen it? That's the first question. Yeah, nothing nothing without you. Not, not without you, no doubt some other... Uh... Some Justin Bieber oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> hashtag. Um, <laughs> hashtag nothing. But um, no, I think it's great. I mean, I, you know, I think we can all be cynical that it's done for PR reasons and uh, done to fill the website and to leave the leave a nice taste in the mouth after the season. But the reality is that one, it's well put together. Two, the people that they've gone around to see, you can absolutely guarantee that they're going to be talking about it, frankly, for the rest of their lives. So. Uh, yeah, you can be cynical all you like, but I think it's brilliant. Could I, if you don't mind me asking, Stefan, because this is actually the, the root of, of what I've been a little bit confused by. I've seen a lot of people complain that basically how dare they do this when they put ticket prices up. And for me, the two things seem completely, entirely unrelated. You can be highly critical of the club for putting ticket prices up. But you don't need to criticise that. The two things aren't related. 
Did, do you see a connection here? No, no. The people, you know, it's just like, first of all, that is, I don't believe it's as put together as cynically as that anyway, frankly. Uh, you know, different people making different decisions. And, you know, regardless of whether you think they made a, a bad mistake on, on the ticket prices, what does that mean that they can now no longer do anything in terms of fan engagement that people like, enjoy, are part of? I mean, that's just nonsense. This is, as I say, people can be cynical or like the people who are involved. It, it, to me, it looks very well done. And the people who are involved are, are going to be blown away by it. I think it's great. Yeah, I've had a really good day. Some have had an even better day. I mean, amazing day. Like uh, Ginger Wig or whatever, playing beach football outside the football museum with... With Gabby you know, Yeah, that. I mean, I've seen that. that's not the sort of thing you forget, is it? It's like, God's sake, just... <laughs> you know, it's made people really happy. The two are totally different. They shouldn't have put the prices up. Uh, but yeah, if if everything the club do is just going to say, well, they would do that, they need PR and image, then, well, fine. He's saying don't ever do anything ever again. Yeah, we'll just the club just won't do anything. They'll just make lots of money and play football, and then we'll moan about that instead. So what is the right? You know, it's just ridiculous really to just let people enjoy the experiences they've had today uh, I just think some people don't like I, I, I've, I've really come to the conclusion that some people just don't really like doing anything other than moaning about City maybe it's like a, a you know I don't want to say it's a generational thing because old and young I, I see it from both sides but there seems to be a certain corner a certain segment who they just want to moan whatever the club do and I don't get yeah. that because for me, I'm like, fine. If the club do something that's not cool or that's shitty, we are the, we're the first people who criticise them, and we should criticise them. We're the supporters; it affects us. But at the same time, if they do something well, we should praise them for it, and we should always have some kind of balance or objectivity between going. You know, you shouldn't put ticket prices up; it's not necessary. You didn't back the capping of away prices last last season. That's not good enough as a club. You should be behind things like that. But at the same time. If you're doing something like this, what like what they've done today, they should be praised for it. It was excellent. Mm. Um, I heard, uh, I think, you know, is it Sean Riley? So he's been to every away game ever <laughs> for 30 years. I, don't uh, know. I think uh, Gundogan and Sane went round to his house as well today, and Sane was a bit reticent because, you know, he's English probably. I mean, yeah. he just speaks, speaks good English, but because. I mean, it'd be the same if I spoke good German. I'd still be very nervous about, you know, talking to people in Germany. Uh, but once he got there, apparently, he was just rabbiting away like you wouldn't believe. So, uh, yeah, it's been, and, you know, just what an amazing experience that would be for Sean and his wife. And just, yeah, I just can't understand why. What's the problem here? So, but I hope there's more stuff to come in the, the days ahead as well. So, it's yeah. just how, how can you be negative about two players going around to someone's house? Yeah, I'm sure that we're going to get lots of tweets telling us exactly how people can be negative. Because, but I agree. I agree with yeah, as you said, Aysen. I agree with the the other stuff. Yeah, the season ticket stuff. I, we we're all on the same page there. It, exactly. it wasn't it wasn't done correctly. I just don't see the link either. And, and also, it wasn't. And it's not been done as a response to that. Trying, and, you know, if they'd done this to smooth over relations because of getting flack for something else, then fair enough. You could be cynical about that, but. This always would have happened, and it's made it's made people very happy. So, you know, it's fine by me. 
Yeah, no, I'm, 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 I'm in complete agreement. Uh, apologies for that banging. It seems that my neighbour is um, banging <laughs> something, in, something into their wall right now, which is very, uh, very handy. Uh, okay, so we played a game of football this weekend against Watford. Stefan, it was sunny. You were there, and it seemed like a bouncingly good day out, was it? Did you enjoy it? Well, yeah, it was great, for, great for us. <laughs> I can tell you right now, it was not bouncingly great for the Watford fans. It was hostile uh, to the point of uh, embarrassment. Frankly, I mean, they booed the manager. So I don't know what you could see of it or hear of it. But on, um, so the referee goes over to the manager who's obviously been yeah. giving uh, the linesman a hard time. So the manager, so, so the ref goes over to give him a kind of final warning. And all of the Watford fans are saying off, off, off to the manager. I mean, they really, they, they've, he's gone. I mean, Is that not a bit strange, it, it, though? It was so weird. I mean, I mean, why would it be that hostile to... I mean, he's not, he's obviously I don't think got, he's done a great job, but as no, he's, he's very, agreed... very, very unpopular. Very yeah, unpopular. But as, oh, uh, as he's agreed to go, you'd think, well, you know, there's no need. They don't have to make a demonstration. They're not trying to get rid of him. He's going anyway. He's, uh, they've, they've, stayed up. they've stayed up. He might have been disappointing, but it just seems to go that far seemed a bit weird, to be honest. But exactly. yeah, we definitely could hear that on the TV. Yeah. And the chairman apparently didn't even say thank you to him in the, in the kind of end-of-season notes. Uh, Made no reference to him. So anyway, so it was a bit weird, and they were they were not not very pleased. But it was obviously fabulous for us. No no stress. Uh, I took my six year old daughter for her first game, and she was she really liked it, which is was pretty amazing. I think she is, which is actually a problem. Uh, <laughs> really, I feel bad about inflicting that on her for the rest of her life. But anyway, oh, be fine. Uh, you're all right now. Twenty years. I don't know. Be you might be all right. I'm not. I'm. And I don't think Howard's all right. I don't think we're all right. No, you and Howard are all right. Us. You've heard us all season. I don't <laughs> think. Uh, but uh, you know, I thought, look, we were we were great from the first minute. I think we were very fortunate in the way that it panned out with the fixtures because I think this was a Watford team, and I know Howard will tell me that he hates the way people criticise. Uh, don't give praise to the winning team and say it was all down to. Uh, yeah, no, I, but I think yesterday was was a particular was a special absolutely. situation. I think Watford were really desperate for the season to end and were no opposition whatsoever. And the only surprise really, uh, and I'm not going to say disappointment, but the only surprise was that we didn't get eight to ten. It did look uh, like that at one point. To be honest, I, I, I think it was both. I think they were literally on the beach, but we were also professional with it. I think we came out, you know, not we're going to get this job done. And there was a small concern in the back of my mind that we'd be complacent. So uh, I think the two together, yeah, it should have been eight or nine at least. So, I thought uh, we But were... teams always, teams 4-0 up at our time always ease off. It's uh, maybe not Huddersfield 10-1, but generally the amount of times a team is 4-0 up at our time and it kind of ends that score. So I don't think uh, we eased off though, weirdly enough. No, we'll but, get to I mean, the second half. We'll get to the second half. First half. They never do the same intensity, no, do they? So. No, no. Um, Obviously, Vinny gets the opening goal. I think it's an opportune moment because the season's over. Um, I want to. I want to ask you, Howard, first whether you feel as though the, the Vin, firstly is Vinny back. Do you think that there's enough games now in his legs and there's enough consistency in in his performances for us to now be focused on next season with this kind of uh, assurance of Vinny. Well, you, we'll never have that 100%, but 
effectively 95% assurance. Yeah, I think so. I mean, how many games he's played? I've lost count now. I think it's seven, but it could be eight, nine. I don't know. It's just like I don't watch him expecting him to go off injured. And he even picked up an injury, I think, against West Brom and ran it off. So He did indeed. Which in itself is... I mean, it's probably a different kind of injury, just a knock or a bruise or something. Uh, Yeah, he's got to be considered. I mean, basically, I think we'll sign, let's say no defenders leave. We'll we'll probably either way going to sign another central defender, but he's in the mix. He's got to stay and he should be. And I think he's, we couldn't have, I couldn't have seen this four months ago, basically. I just literally could not have seen this as possibly happening. So, yeah, he can't ask for more than this. And he's got to be in the plans for next year. He's just got to be. So, Stefan, I know that you're a very pragmatic supporter, and that's why we love you. Um, from a very pragmatic point of view, how does this change this summer's business? Does it change this summer's business? Well, I think it gives him. Uh, I think it gives him a bit of a problem, but a, but a good one. Okay. Uh, I think it must change. It must change his priorities in terms of centre half. You know, because he does look fit, and he is bloody brilliant. You know, <laughs> so. You know the, the the need for a Benucci level, or frankly, a company level player, does dissipate if you've got company. I mean, that must be true, uh, and that is quite a big change that's only happened in the last what six weeks. Yeah. So I think I think it creates a funny little problem. Um, I think actually maybe now the centre half situation is dictated as to what happens to Otamendi strangely versus what happens to company yeah. so otamendi as otamendi now either with the way he's played alongside company made himself um indispensable i think so or or does or do real really want him and if real do want him and are prepared to pay a proper fee do we think well hang on a minute we know this guy can play well but actually is also capable of not delivering do we sell so I don't know. Strangely, it might have moved the uh, it might have moved the dilemma a little bit, uh, and it's equally possible that we that we decide that actually we are covered at centre half. I think that is a possible outcome. When you hear Kolarov talk about how he's now a centre half or prefers to be a centre half, uh, you add that to the form of Otamendi, to the fitness of Company, and Stones obviously being a key player for the future, you start to think that actually maybe you've got your four. Um, would you so, be comfortable yeah. with that going into next season? It's just so hard to say because it's just so hard to know whether company I'm, I'm making how many games he's going to play. I'm making I, you make the decision right now. You have a choice. You keep Kolarov and you go. I with think the, it depends. I think it depends. Look, ideally, you'd sell Kolarov and replace it, replace him with a, with a high quality fourth um, centre half, and then realistic? Yeah. Is, is well, it, I think it is if you've got if you're looking for to play three at the back. Okay. then I think it's realistic. Uh, whether it's something that they'll do, I don't. I think that's a different question. I don't think they'll do it, but okay. I think they could. I think if I had to choose, that's what I would do, because I think the risk, if company goes down in the first game, you've got a problem, mm. big problem. Yeah. So I think, you know, I think you have to sign, you have to sign some quality. How, it, how you do it, I think, depends on, on Otamendi largely, uh, and and Kolarov as a kind of backup option if you want to try and replace him. 
Well, if we, if we could get Bonucci in the summer, then we'd be stupid not to, to be honest. And uh, there's nothing wrong with having two leaders on the pitches, so company Bonucci. Yeah, I just don't think that's going to happen. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, they know achievability, but I just don't think Le- that they would do it. I Le- don't think about Van Dyke. Yeah, I agree. I think that for, for me, realistically, Van Dyke is the player who I appreciate for the listeners. We've gone off on a mad tangent here, but it needs to be talked out. Um, Van Dyke for me is the realistic one. If I was looking at the marketplace right now and looking at a player to come in and replace Kolarov, uh, for me, it would be the the obvious kind of leader, quote unquote, or the type of player who we were talking about two months ago when we thought Vinny was finished would be Virgil van Dijk. So, for example, Stefan, would that be a comfortable one for you to have van Dijk, company, Otamendi and Stones? Or do you think that becomes almost top-heavy in the way that Mancini's striker situation was when he had Tevez, Aguero, Balotelli yeah. and Dzeko. There's no top-heavy for me, right? I, I don't buy that. I think you have yeah. as many quality players in your squad as you can afford uh, and get hold of. And yeah. then you work with, with the management team, then have to work to keep them all happy. There's a lot of games. The more quality you've got, the better. And, and you know, football is a game where you're as good as your weakest player. And... Yeah. Uh, you know, too too often this season we've we've been found out because of uh, having to bring in a player that's just not good enough. So that wouldn't be a problem for me. The the problem I think we've got is that I'm not sure Van Dijk's coming. Seems to me like he's coming going elsewhere. You reckon? I think so. Yeah, I mean, I, just from the noise. I mean, you know, you know, I go a lot. Noise, that's, kind a, of, yeah. that's it. I, and I think you know, with a player like him, he's clearly going to move. And I think you, I think you hear. It's like with Walker. I think we all think we're going to get Walker, yeah, because of the volume. Obviously, there's been a few people have said it, but it's the general volume of people talking about it. Yeah, Van Dyke to me feels like he's going elsewhere. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm with I, you I think Chelsea also. Yeah, I think Chelsea as well. I think I think yeah. that they I, and I. I'm again. I don't mean to be a rumor mongerer, but. That I have, I've, certainly, I've certainly heard a rumour mongering type of story that City are a little bit concerned about the number of injuries that Van Dijk has picked up in the last four or five years because although he's not necessarily one that you'd look at and go, oh, he's dead injury prone, he certainly missed lengths of time um, at Southampton and, and previously as well. So I can understand why there might be a reticence if I think it's different for Chelsea I think at Chelsea they've got Zuma there um I, I think the way that that Conte plays using Azpilicueta in the in the back three I think they can probably take the take the punt with Van Dyke at 50 55 million pounds and go okay if you if we lose him for two or three months it's not a big deal I think for City in the position that we've been in this season with Vinny moving into next season I think the last thing you want to do is sign a centre-half who potentially could have the same injury issue that Vinny's got who we're trying to find a replacement for. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do anyway. I was just curious as to... How- On my sample size of one, uh, Southampton fans that I know, uh, apparently is absolutely brilliant. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, the, in terms of his, his quality as a player, there's no denying it. Um I I just think he's phenomenal. When I when I've watched him uh, from the moment he came from from Celtic as well, I think that's the interesting thing is that he really took to the Premier League like a duck to water. I think you know in his first two or three months he made maybe two or three 
errors from overconfidence. Um, but other than that, no, he, he is very much the uh, the complete centre-half. But again, Stefan, that's kind of an issue because he's at that level where you can't go to Van Dijk and say, you'll be one of four, it's up to Guardiola whether you'll play or not. I appreciate that. Yeah, you don't, but you don't, you don't, it's, it's like the Aguero situation. You don't, you answer the question in a certain way. You don't say, oh, you're going to have to fight it out with uh, Jesus, you're number two. You, you know, these players back themselves, first of all. Yeah. Right? They're all confident. You say, look, you perform to the level that you can perform to and you'll get yourself in the team. We've got 70 games, we've got massive, massively important games. Players are going to be suspended and injured. You'll play a lot of games and you'll be working with the best. And look, they know how to do this, but it's, um, we, we have to have a high quality squad. I, I just, I I'm not worried that a player is too good. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not, you, you, you just don't know what we're going to start the season with. I think, if Otamendi goes, we need a we need a fifty million pound centre half of oh, high quality. If, if Otamendi goes, we might need two. I, I just don't think Otamendi's going anywhere because I think that the way that he's played, um, and I think the fact that what's happened with Vinny, because in a weird sort of way, I, I feel like maybe if if there was still an issue with Vinny, then they'd be looking at it and they'd be going, "We've got John Stones and literally nobody else," uh, because Stones and Otamendi can't re- well. They've not really formed the type of partnership that maybe you'd want them to. Um, but now that Vinny's playing the way that he's doing and he's formed the partnership that he's had with Otamendi, I think in that sense it makes it easy because I think in that sense you just sort of go, well, Kolarov is the is the one that you get rid of. And if you can, I completely agree with you, Stefan, that you bring in a Van Dyke or at least a player of that level and you just go, right, boys, fight it, fight it out. There's plenty of games and there will be injuries and suspensions and, yeah... Uh, okay, that first half, the one thing that stood out for me was Aguero, and I'm yeah no that's I, I I've been told off by somebody on Twitter for answering the questions that I asked before I asked the panel, so I'm not <laughs> going to not going to answer that question. Uh, I'm going to first ask Howard Aguero. Yeah. Uh, talk about the performance yesterday, but talk about it within the context of all of his performances over the last two or three months, and and what it was for you. Uh, well, I think uh, going back to the West Brom game, I think Guardiola afterwards just, you know, a light bulb had gone up, you know, over his head. It's like, yes, this is it. This is it. <laughs> Everything I've been nagging away at him about. And we've seen improvements. I think he's. The problem for me was are you taking away from the player? If you ask him to do more work, if you ask him to drop deep, go wide, blah, blah, blah. Was it even affecting his shooting as such? Because he was quite wasteful for quite a long time. Are you taking away his, his superpower, which is shoot, you know, just getting on the edge of defenders and scoring goals? But I think last two games we've just seen it's why it's absolutely ridiculous to consider that he'd leave this summer. It's just like, no. <laughs> he's, it's just, he's playing the system, he's playing brilliantly, uh, he's involved, he's. It's just the Aguero almost of when he came in, you know, when he arrived. It's like the effect he had when he arrived. So there. That's, it's just that's exactly what I was going to ask Stefan. Sorry to, to cut you off there, Howard, but I want Stefan yeah. to get into this. Stefan, um, when you look at his performances, uh, certainly since, I would say the last sort of three months since the Jesus injury, um, can you think of a time that he's played better for the club? 
Um, well, it depends what you mean. I mean, on a rounded basis, as a kind of, you know, somebody that's taking full part in the game as opposed to just being quiet and then popping in with a goal, two goals, three goals, uh, we've never seen this Aguero, I don't think. No, but uh, I mean, I'm, I kind he's of so to... phenomenal. So, it, but the answer to your question is, I think this is the best. This is the best you've got. Um, I think he's particularly. I mean, the last couple of games. I mean, uh, yeah, okay, missed two absolute sitters on yeah. uh, on on Saturday, but that performance was was phenomenal. Um, and it has been, you know, he's he, we've seen you know glimpses of that over the last few weeks. I think this is. He's just putting to bed any concept, not not that it was ever in my mind, as you know, but any concept that it would be that we even contemplate selling him. He's he's just one of the top players in the world. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I, mean, I think the talk was. I mean, I think there was doubts over his future a few months ago. I don't think there was there was just too much written about it for it just to be. Duncan Castle's making stuff up. No, I think also. It's, uh, sorry, but I think, thing, Howard, yeah, thing. but I think that's gone now. I think it's been. It he's basically an, he's answered them. He's answered those doubts. I think Guardiola did have his doubts. He wanted more off him. He's got it. Aguero had his doubts, mate. When he stopped and talked to yeah. Sam Lee, that's what I was going to yeah. say. That I think that there's been a lot of kind of in the last 24 hours, 48 hours, or 24 hours anyway. There's been a lot of kind of, I don't know, like people giving it out a little bit about Aguero and it's like I think we have to be I think rational people will accept that there was a moment in time where Aguero wasn't sure about his future anybody that doesn't think that thinks it was just normal for Aguero to sit down uh, in a tapas bar in central Manchester with his agent and the manager that think anyone that thinks that's just what they do and is normal is smoking something Mm. that was very (laughs) abnormal and the guy, there was a problem developing. Whose fault it was, I don't know. I, I at the time, didn't feel massively comfortable with the situation that Guardiola had allowed to emerge there. Uh, okay, it happened, but it was definitely real. There was definitely problems. There still might be some problems, uh, but, but Aguero has reacted in the right way in terms of playing in a different way. I think he's delivered his manager more than probably Aguero even thought he could deliver should have so, applaud Pep's man management no well I don't know we don't know enough about it I don't think but I don't think it was to me it wasn't brilliantly done I, you know I, I think if it was brilliantly done you wouldn't know about it okay but we yeah. know the reason it. we know about it is because some lad walked past the private dining room saw them and took a picture on his phone mm-hmm. I mean other than yeah. that, like literally well, that wasn't you just said depressed. it yourself and, and the Sam Lee situation yeah, but no. But the, the, yeah, the, the Sam Lee thing was the, the Sam Lee thing came. I don't know if it came before or afterwards, but yeah, no, that was absolutely a um, him saying repeatedly, "All I want to do is give my all until the end of the season, and then at the end of the season, I'll sit down and talk to the club." I think my point is simply that he Aguero said those words. That wasn't stuff that other people made up. So there was a in Aguero's head, there was a conversation that needed to be had at the end of the season. I don't think that conversation still needs to be had, but the point simply is that there was a moment in time where that was a conversation. It wasn't just people in the media or people on Twitter willing it to happen. Yeah, I I just wonder why they needed to sit down for dinner. I mean, you know, if you do it in a way where it's non-threatening to the guy's future at the club, 
I don't know, maybe you don't get the same outcome. I don't think we'll know. But the, the, the end result is, as we sit here today, hopefully he's staying. He's definitely proven his, his worth over the last few weeks. I think actually also uh, we've, seen, we've seen two sides of, uh, of Jesus as well, i.e. that he's a phenomenon, but also he's not the complete answer or completely ready. So no. And concept, his injury... So, sorry, his injury might just have been the thing that's yeah. turned it around for Aguero because he suddenly we had you know we had to play him in a way we're dependent on him and, uh, and he's his performances yeah. And I think ha- also I want to I want to applaud Aguero's attitude as well. It's right. actually why I asked this question because the one thing that I wanted to say was that you know what at the age that Aguero's at the ability that he's got the profile that he's got how in demand he would be if he stood up and went, I don't want to be here anymore. I think that, I think he should be applauded for not just his professionalism, but the performances. I mean, there are, there's not many players who kind of find themselves in Aguero's situation and rise to that challenge at the age that he's at and after everything that he's achieved. Most players react in the way that Ibrahimovic did and sort of Correct. go, you know what, you can go fuck yourself, Guardiola. I, you know, I can go here yeah. or I can go there and I can, yeah, I can I can show you that I don't need to do it your way. Aguero seems intent to show us and show Guardiola that he can do it his way. And that's, that's just phenomenal. Is I think he's been, yeah, he's as good as he's ever looked at the club. And mm. it's, it's, yeah. Stefan, once again, sir, you were absolutely right in everything that you said. <laughs> on, get that on like a little, uh, you know, I'll like a it, little sh- short gif type thing. Okay. We'll, I'll put, it on your gra- we'll put it on your gravestone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we'll do a Stefan was right t-shirt. Definitely. <laughs> Hashtag Stefan was right. Okay. Um, we've touched upon Jesus. I wanted to talk about um, Jesus's performances in the last couple of games, playing on the right side of, of, of the attacking um, trio, and also what that means for for Raheem, and and just personally how you guys both see and what you prefer and what you don't prefer. Um, Howard, to, just to start with you, what, what what have you made of Jesus's performances out there, and how does it compare to Raheem? Ah, uh, very tough one to answer that really. I mean, yeah, as Stefan said, I think we found out he's still brilliant, but. You know, we can't just sell Aguero. He's not just going to take over and score forty goals for us. He's not. He's young. He's a kid. You know, he's he's not the be all and ever and uh, end all of everything yet. He's just he's learning. He's he's one of the most exciting players I've seen. Uh, what he's got over Sterling, I guess, is confidence because he's so cool and he believes in himself. And I think Sterling, a main problem with him. I mean, they're both exciting players. They're both speedy, talented, great on the ball. Yeah, they're just the stretch opposition teams. But I, I think with Sterling, the problem is real belief and confidence in himself. Uh, Jesus believes in himself. He's a better finisher, you know, in front of goal. Uh, and I just, I, again, it's not one or the other, is it? it uh, they can both play either side. They can play in the middle. It's they're just you know interchangeable, and that's what I want to see. Really, I don't really say I don't favour one over the other, but I just think he, the problem with Raheem is one of believing in himself at the moment. He's just 
he's just gone back out of form after being electric, but he's still been one of our best, better players or best players this season. So Can you I, don't really, I don't really want to... I want you to. I know you don't want to, but I'm just curious. Oh. Like I'm, I want you to compare... The two. Uh, Jesus is a better what player. What do you think? Yeah. He excites me. He does excite me more, and I think he's... I think he believes it for for his age, but then again, right? Yeah, you know, Sterling was at Liverpool was behaving like that three years ago, two years ago, whatever. I just think Jesus, you do feel he's got we've probably got a world superstar there. It's, it sounds like I'm going too far there for someone who's not done it all yet, but it feels like we've got quite a bargain even, and. A, I just, yeah, Raheem. I, I still think he's going to be amazing, but he's just got—he's got more chinks. You know, he's got more flaws in his game, really. I would say, mm. and it's much in front of goal. It's belief. It's decision making. But it's still got a huge armory. But yeah, I think Stefan's right. Jesus is the brighter prospect right now. But well, what do you say, Asan? Because you don't always get to answer questions. Could you compare them or? Yeah, I mean, I, I sort of said on the last podcast what I like about. Jesus on the right-hand side is that I feel as though, weirdly enough, we're kind of the shape, the team shape is better, I feel, um, because I think that Sterling is a little bit, I don't want to say lazy, but I don't think that, you know, his posi- his positional play and his positional intelligence, although very, very, very good, is not at the level that Jesus's positional play and his positional intelligence is. And I think that for me, that's what makes Jesus a phenomenon more than all of the technical ability and all of the kind of um, the, the fact that he's got no nerves. The thing that makes him a phenomenon is the fact that he plays like a 30-year-old guy who's been playing for Guardiola for a decade. He's walked mm. into that team and every... I mean, I, I, I watch him super closely and all I see is a guy who's doing, exa- like, positionally, you can see that every time he collects the ball, he's going to do exactly what Guardiola expects him to do. And he's never going to do something that, I don't know, like, this. There's, there's something about the way in which he's performed that role that, for me, I can see him almost becoming the one guy who never, ever, ever gets dropped because he can literally be put on the right, on the left or as the the false nine and he'll always give Pep exactly what Pep wants and I think that Sterling, Sane, Aguero the three of them have all got none of them are, are the quote unquote perfect Pep player in, in my eyes and I think that that's what Jesus has above and beyond the three of them and I think that in terms of how it affects Raz the reality is that of those four Raz is probably the least talented of four very talented footballers. So in terms of that that rotation, for me, I look at it as it's really going to be a fight between Sterling and Sane for that one spot next season. Well, look, there's lots of games. I mean, it goes back yeah. to what we talked about before. There's loads of games. They play loads of games, but he's got to do better in... He's got to... They have to deal with his confidence issues because it's. I think it's real... I'm not completely convinced that uh, Guardiola's managed it very well, particularly in the last few weeks. I mean, just kind of in the way that he's been out cold has been very odd for me. You know, not not didn't come on as sub yesterday. 
but I think it's I think it's quite strange. I think it needs a bit of work um, when you've got a player that's. Uh, I got told off for of saying he's fragile, but you know he's close to. I think he does have a confidence problem, but he's still yeah. a very good player. I don't quite see it as as black and white as you're saying because I think there's just so many games, and you know these players will not play at week in week oh, out. Of yes, course, of course. I'm, I mean, I'm Jesus not... is more flexible. I agree with you. You're clearly, yeah. uh, but oh, really? you know, Sane has some phenomenal things that he does, and also some some big weaknesses as well. So. I really think Sterling, above all, will be the one who benefit from just aging, basically, Absolutely. because of that, because of that confidence thing. Whereas, yeah, Jesus could be any age. It's just, I mean, who takes? You know, Sterling's not going to walk up and take a penalty off Yaya Torre in a game, is he? Never. Uh, but Jesus is. He says, "Well, it's mine. I'm doing it." And I think that's why I don't worry. Stefan's right. It's, it's, it's confidence, but I think his attitude and what I've read about him is spot on. I think he will want to better himself. And considering the shit he's had to put up with the last couple of years, I'm surprised he's not more confident now because he got through that stage of being booed. And But I do think that he will be a much better player at 25 because he's 25 and yeah. not a kid. Yeah. Uh, I think they're going to be good for each other, those guys. Yeah, totally. they are. At the same sort of age, same sort of position, uh, you know... I think I think they're going to be good for each other. Good good competitive good competitiveness between them, and also being able to, you know, have have a bond off the pitch as well. I think he's going to be he's going to be a positive. Mm. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, okay, the other player I wanted to talk about was KDB because he's ended the season with a record number of assists for a City player uh, in a single season, and I just thought that when and and also I believe that it's um, it's ending it, Europe. Yeah, but no, but also, isn't, years, isn't, yeah. isn't it a Premier League? Uh, hasn't he got the joint? Isn't that no? Pre- no. Sorry, sorry, I, I was interrupting. I, I think uh, Thierry Henry's got the record on twenty, so I don't know what is what is he on now. I don't know if that was before the match I read that, or if he was at, he was two behind him. I can't remember if it was before or after the match. So okay, he's basically got it was Thierry Henry's record of assists that he was after. So uh, and it was, I think pretty sure it was twenty that he was. He's, he's pretty close if he's not caught him anyway. So yeah, no, he'll get it. He'll get it next season. Don't worry. But, I mean, you know, how many chances this 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 season on a plate chances presented by KDB have we not taken? Yeah. I've never seen anything like it. You know, and it's not going to stop. I mean, that that the the way he delivers a ball, uh, the way that he moves the ball generally, you know, he's he's going to be a key player, and he, and that's even when he's not had a particularly fantastic season. So. Yeah, no, I, I I completely agree, and I just think that um, I think that in terms of the the interesting thing for me is that he's managed to get that number of assists. We've managed to have so many players miss absolute sitters that he set up, and yet at the same time, I think we could say fairly that he spent at least three months being absolute garbage. No, I'm not. Not garbage. Just no. I'm not. I'm not. Oh, I'm not I mean, he, no, not he garbage. Went through, he went through. He went through a phase where he couldn't pass water. I mean, he, he just no. I think we talked no, about this before. Even in those games, he, he still created chances. I think that's the point. You know, even in that absolute stinker of a game against Stoke, he creates two golden Guilty. chances. That is, you know, exactly and he was terrible that day. That's exactly but, the point. But, yeah, but then then he's not garbage. You know, know. I'm, you're I'm not garbage if you create two. 
tap-ins, and your, your main job is to create chances. So he's so involved, though, isn't he? He's always, basically, he's, you know, he could just pass it sideways and, and have brilliant stats, but he's not that sort of player. He's the player who sets up goals, so when it goes wrong, he's looking for three balls, he's looking to put it through the eye of a needle all the time. I know he, was, he wasn't the best, but he, I wouldn't say he was garbage ever. There was a couple of games where he was garbage. There was one recently, I can't remember which one, where just nothing was working. Uh, but I, would, I wouldn't go as far as say he was garbage, he just wasn't at the level we, we know he can be at. So but, do you think but, he's, but he's the guy who's going to give you the killer play, you know. Well, this is exactly, that's kind of the point that I was getting at. And they can't all work, can they? No, you know, if, my... he's, if he's always trying to set someone free, you know, a through ball that's going to get someone in goal, then a lot of them are going to go wrong. No one can do that right every time, so. Do we have to accept, Dan, that, there, that then that there will always be an element of inconsistency or, or kind of kind of being infuriated by KDB because of the fact that he kind of plays on the edge in terms of making the most difficult passes or is it just a season that he's getting used to Pep's system and next season he'll be more consistent that's kind if of we win the league if we win the league he wins both player of the year and football writers boom because okay. because you get that with that additional uh, you know the additional sort of halo effect of the of the success of the team plus the fact that people are converting more of his chances he becomes the guy okay. in my view okay fair enough fair enough yeah um all right um just to wrap up on the uh, uh on that first half because we have kind of meandered our way through it uh that third goal perfect pet football again howard uh, yeah yeah <laughs> Stefan? not much more i could say is it yeah it was just a beautiful goal wasn't it uh from yeah. beginning to end, so yeah. I mean, I thought they were they too were easy, very, maybe, but it yeah. was they were very good yesterday, but it was very easy, yeah, yeah, no, no absolutely. Uh, okay, so to move forward into the second half, we're going to do this slightly differently because it's kind of time to say goodbye to, to, to some of the players, and certainly in terms of those substitutions, were very much goodbye, see you later substitutions. So the way that we're going to do this is I want both of you to give me a favourite memory from Clichy, from Sanya, and from Navas. Stefan, you get to go first and you get to choose which player you want to give us a memory about. Uh, Navas walking off the pitch, like yesterday. Sorry, that's harsh, isn't it? Oh. No. <laughs> Oh, there's always one. Yeah, I'm just going to say, just before we we give the the positive memory, which I and I have got even for Navas. I mean, what an illustration! Yet again, meaningless game. Sorry, meaningless half hour. Terrible team we're playing against, and even then, the guy can't put the ball into the box. Anyway, um, so my favourite. Uh, well, I can give you all of them. I'll give you all of them quickly, shall I? Go on. Yeah, go on. So a, a cliche is the heart celebration for 93-20. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember enough high-quality moments in games, which says also quite a lot. Sanya uh, actually is back at Watford last year. That cross for Aguero. Uh, Last minute after we were goal down. uh, Perfect, perfect cross uh, to win the game when actually it looked like it might be a meaningful game. Um, Navas... Generally, in that first half of his first season, was was actually really good. 
Um, but the moment, if we're going to have one moment, it was the goal against Spurs. The five, was it five one or six one? Yeah, you know where he scores That's after about 30, thirty seconds. Thirty yeah. seconds. Uh, so yeah, jokes aside, those are my those okay. are my picks. Howard, what about for you? Yeah, well, just so many to choose from. <laughs> No, that's the problem with these three players. It's just, you know, I think they've been great servants, but they've not really delivered any moments of note, really. Uh, Sanya, I've got to go. I say I've been, I thought he was pretty impressive, but he didn't give us moments. I would have to agree that that cost for uh, Watford was just sublime. Uh, it's the best piece of skill he's done, probably. Uh, for Navas, I was going to say Spurs, but I would also say the penalty. In the League Cup final, he did score on, didn't he, in the, the mm. shootout against Liverpool. So, I was really pleased for him then. Uh, and quite happy, obviously, that he scored it. And it meant a lot to him as well from his response. Uh, cliche, it's the same thing from the documentary. I say he's been... Any of his goals, because I think there's not been many, but they tend to be very good ones, didn't they? Uh, but I would say, basically, yeah, him, him hugging Joe Hart after Aguero's goal, which is on the documentary... Is a really, it's really, really nice. Honestly, when you you see it, it's just brilliant because Joe Hart was just running around in a little circle, mad by himself, celebrating it, and uh, Cliche just ran up to him and they just gave a very, very long and passionate hug to each other after that goal. And it's it's really nice to see in the documentary. So uh, it's, that Burnley goal was a big moment, actually, wasn't it? That Cliche this year, this year, yeah, that was a game where we could easily. It was Burnley, yeah, wasn't it? Where, he, where yeah, we, it was, yeah. Yeah, that's a big goal. That 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 yeah. might be that might be up there for me. Say all of it. He didn't score many goals, but they tend to be good ones when he did. So, but they're just all three of them. You know, they've not really given the moments, but they've all been good servants to the club, haven't they? Without doing much more. I Go on, Asan. What, what have you got? Um, the the Navas one for me, obviously, is the um, uh, the goal at Spurs because I just yeah, it was just it was amazing. It was just yeah. And isn't that he? I mean, he celebrated by going and do, doing the kung fu kick on the, uh, on the yeah, on did, the corner yeah. flag, and I just I don't know, I just it was amazing. That that was buzzing for me. Uh, Sanya's an interesting one actually because I've not got a there's not a single standout memory unless we talk about that cross uh, from 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 earlier in the season. But actually, what I'm going to pick out is the Champions League games. Uh, under Pellegrini, because more or less for two seasons, um, Sanya would get called in whenever we went and played. So we played Bayern Munich, I think four times or six times, and Sanya was always drafted in to play at fullback instead of Zabaleta. Um, and the same when we played against Barcelona. And I always felt as though his performances in those games were kind of consummate, professional, steady, like just, you know, it, it made... Like, I just remember from the very first time he came up against uh, Ribery, he was just boss. And it was just sort of like, oh, right, okay, that's why he gets picked. And I just, yeah, like, my, my memory of Sanya, my memories of Sanya will all be those Champions League games when, when Pellegrini picked him over, over Zabaleta and he performed in all of them. Um, so I've done, I've done Navas, I've done Sanya. Clichy, for me, I can't remember the damn game. He put a cross in for... For Aguero, maybe two or three seasons ago, um, and I just remember it being 
just unbelievable cross from deep. So not like a byline thing. I mean, like, you know, from very, very, very deep. And it was one of the, it was a KDB ball, but from the left-hand side, that can, those balls that KDB plays that just arc around the defenders and just, just whoever the attacker is just has to run onto it and taps it in. It was one of those. Um, it's not, uh, it wasn't Wolves. It feels um, like it was what I Wolves away. When we put Wolves down, did he not get a great assist? My memory is just terrible for these sort of things. I you know, we put Wolves hull, so it probably was Wolves. You know, we won two nil at Wolves. Uh, they went down that day. I think Nasri got the second. Aguero got the first. I don't know. Uh, we'll be corrected later online, though. Yeah. Feels like we're cr- feels like we're clutching at straws there. Yeah, oh, very much so. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, but that but for for me, that's not really. It wasn't. In a weird way, it's not straw clutching because when I wrote those three questions, they all like all three of those. They were, they were dead easy in a way. For Navas, it was like, yeah, it's got to be that goal against Spurs because you know it was, it was a top goal and it was it's a big game and yeah, no, it was cool. And and with Sanya, those Champions League games, they were there. Um, yes, uh, uh, I just looked online at Wolves when we put them down. It was cliches. Pass to Aguero. That's so the one. That's the one. It might be that. So uh, okay. So listen. Um, I want to wrap up talking about uh, the game yesterday by talking about Torre leaving the pitch and the the scenes between him and Guardiola, the the hog and the chat and the. I've got to be honest. And uh, for me, uh, one, uh, it moved me emotionally. I was moved by the. The kind of the, the the outpouring of emotion from the two men, and secondly, for me, it just felt like that was goodbye, and that just made the whole thing even more depressing. Um, subsequently, loads and loads of people have said to me, "No, that means that he, that that was that was Guardiola telling him, you're definitely not going anywhere." Um, Stefan, how did you read it? What did you make of it? Did you were you did you see it first of all at the game? I was very close to it. Actually, I wasn't in the city, and I, I was I was. I could have almost been in the middle of the hug. No. Um, so I was watching it intently. Uh, it it didn't look like either, actually. It didn't look like a goodbye. Uh, it just looked a bit weird. I mean, it went on for a long time. It was almost as if the two guys hadn't seen each other for six months, despite the fact they obviously worked together literally every day. Uh, I, I hesitate to read too much into it just because it was just so weird. Um, and, I, you know, I go... I, I watch more of Yaya after the game and, uh, you know, and and just generally when he walked off, his, his, his eye line when he walked off, there was no looking at the fans, any sort of emotion whatsoever. I have to think that he thinks he's staying. Well, okay. it, the fans are part of today's city-wide celebration with players popping up all over the place. Uh, a load of fans bumped into him at the ground, didn't they? Yeah. I think I walked around and just missed him, to be honest. And he said he would find it very hard to put another shirt on. So my honest thought is I don't think it's been decided, but I'm no, not I don't sure. Think, I agree. I, th- I don't think, I think he's agreed. He, it's, yeah, anything, I think But I think stay. that they are yeah. trying. I th- they must be trying. Yeah. I, I don't think you could read too much into it because I don't think there's been a definitive decision on this uh, but I would hope both sides are trying to resolve it yeah okay super um, if he doesn't get a contract would you say that it's 
a shame that he has left without a proper goodbye. <sighs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I take on board, he, he hasn't handled himself well off the pitch. Uh, I don't deny that. It's been annoying and tiresome at times, and it's been every summer, and it affects your legacy. But on the other hand, he has, for me, been the most important player. I mean, I don't want to get into the argument over whether David Silva's greater than Yaya Torre, because they're both gods on the pitch, and I think he's been the most important player. And he's come back. His legacy has been salvaged somewhat by this season, because we thought we'd seen the end of him anyway early in the season. And he's just going to be moping around the club for a year until we got rid of him or in January. I do think it's a shame because for the simple reason, however he handles himself, however full of himself he might be or whatever his ego is, I still think he's been the most important player in our of the last generation. Or been, you know, for the pivotal moments. So yeah, why wouldn't you want to say goodbye to someone who's been that important? Just He's irreplaceable, Leo. He's just been a colossus. So, yeah, I think he does deserve a goodbye, uh, which is why. But hopefully, there won't be the need for one anyway. So, yeah, I, I, I hope that that's the case. Um, Stefan, what about for you? Just in terms of if he does go, are you cool with it, or do you think the club should have done something? Well, yeah. I mean, I'm working on the basis they're trying. So, I think the only reason that he would leave is if he wants more money. Uh, I would think that we will offer him a lot of money. Uh, not his current contract, but that would be ridiculous. So it will be ultimately his choice to choose money over staying for another year. One thing I do trust the, the club to do is offer big money to players that are out of contract that they want to keep. I don't think that's a criticism that even I would level at them. So if he leaves, he leaves. Um, does he deserve a send-off? Well, I mean, look, he, he, know, he must have known. And if he didn't, well, that's just his problem, that when you go through a, when you do what he did every summer for five years, yeah, you that the impact of that it might get you more money, it might uh, you know, it might get you another fifty grand a week in the final contract that you agree with the club, but it costs you something with with the supporters and with with your legacy. And he took he chose the fifty grand a week, and he has to live with that. And I'm sure he won't 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 keep him up at night. And that's just. That's just the game, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, no. I think that's. I think that's fair. I think I'm a little bit more emotional about Torre. I think I, I feel as though, for me, he's the most important player of my post takeover life. I just, you know, Torre has been and will. Yeah, be. but I, I agree with that, though. I yeah. mean, I agree. I, I don't don't disagree with the importance of him to the club. No, but I, I think, think he's an, on an emotional level. I think that I, for me, what I'm trying to say is that. Although I understand, and I think people are perfectly entitled to go, you know what, Torre can fuck off for everything that that his agent said about the owners and everything that his agent did every summer. He has no right to be called a legend. I completely understand why people take that point of view. But I think what I'm trying to say is that for me, he is the greatest player that I've ever seen pull on a Man City shirt. He is the most important player since the takeover in terms of what went on on the pitch. And for that reason... I'm now that if he is leaving, if this is to be, if yesterday was his final game, I'll always remember Yaya Torre only with fond memories. And honestly, I will not, 
you know, I won't think twice about Dimitri Selik or about anything that was said in that period. I'll always just remember the goals and the, yeah, just the phenomenon. He's a bit weird. Yeah, he's a bit of a weird character, though. I think you know we sort of forget. He's he's not a he's not a straightforward character. He's not particularly likable as a uh, as a as a player as a former player. You know, you, you remember some of the really big games, even when he was phenomenal, even in in that in the title winning seasons. You know that grumpy look on his face, even when he scored a key goal. Uh, bit of a grumpy look on his face, even when we won the league in eleven twelve. Oh, no, I mean, you know, I, I don't know what was going on. I don't know. He's a complex character. I think he thinks he's a king. I think you know. I call him King Yaya, and I think that you know, I, I've 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 heard from people, and I've read stories of the fact that you know, he, my man is is almost like the king of the Ivory Coast, and so his ego is like phenomenally on another level to most human beings. So on that basis, yeah, I mean, I'm sure that dealing with Yaya Torre, uh, or in terms of even even looking at his time at the club, I'm sure that he will look at it and go, I did them a favor, but. You know, that's cool. Whatever. Okay, well, that goes to his legacy, doesn't it? That, yeah. that goes to what people, the level of respect that others have for him uh, versus some of the guys that we're talking about, you know, the humble Zabaleta yeah, Aguero, and the, and the quiet silver and even Aguero. Yeah, even correct. Aguero, who's, who's a phenomenon in his own right and has never, ever, ever been even a moment's trouble. Okay, wrap up. Man of the match from, from Watford so I can ask a couple of Twitter questions. Stefan? Sergio. Howard? Aguero. <laughs> That's the same thing, isn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah mine, mine is... Mine. I'm on first name terms, remember? <laughs> oh, sorry, Cun. Yeah, he's, 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 he's your mate Cun. He's definitely your mate Cun. Hey, listen, if we ever if we ever get an interview with Aguero, Stefan, you're doing it because... Uh... I won't be able to speak. <laughs> I'd love to see you starstruck, man. That's just... A grown man. <laughs> For that reason alone, I'm making it happen just so I can see you tongue-tied starstruck. That'd be amazing. Uh, okay, uh, I've got a, a question from Twitter that I really like. Simon Brown asks, and I'm going to ask Stefan this because I know his question, his answer will be a bit interesting. How, not that Howard, not that yours won't be interesting, but well, Stefan's might be a bit. No, no, no. I just, maybe <laughs> Stefan's will be a bit more contrary. How important is automatic qualification for the Champions League group stage for transfer targets and for a full summer of preparation for the new season, Stefan? Uh, so, before I read the Times this morning, mm-hmm. that has like a list of the teams. It's the most. By the way, if anybody wants to read a ridiculous match report. Uh, about uh, Klopp and Liverpool, uh, Henry Winters in the Times this morning is right up there. Oh, really? Uh, is it a proper... It's just fawning, oh, fawning yeah. nonsense. Uh, but it talks about teams that they can get. They, they've got, they got seeded because of some game yesterday in Russia or Ukraine, I think it was. Lucky. Uh, and so they're now seeded. And if you're seeded, the fixtures look very, very easy. Uh, so I was I was really worried because of this whole Monaco thing, you know, this you could get Monaco type discussion uh, that we could have got last year, apparently. Uh, and then we didn't. So I wasn't then worried about it from a season perspective. Uh, in terms of transfer targets, you know what? I don't think it makes a massive difference in third and fourth. I think the players will believe that you'll qualify. Uh, so yeah. uh, I don't think it makes a big difference, uh, but it makes me feel a lot better. I like finishing third rather than finishing fourth. Okay. Howard, what about for you? Yeah, well, we don't need the stress of it, do we? So there's normally one tricky side. And it's that early in the season, 
you know, anything can happen over two games, can't it? Even though it'll probably be a walk in the park. Does it matter for transfers? Well, depends who you're going for. A little bit of me, the masochist in me, would like to see us not qualify for Europe because we might buy more sensibly. We don't have to buy the biggest names in the world. But at the end of the day, if we are going for Fabinho and just to make names up, if we wanted some like Griezmann, then obviously it makes all the difference because they just ain't coming. Unless you're giving £41 million to someone's agent, then they're just not coming to the club. So, What about you from a uh, personal point of view? Do you th- does it make a difference for you personally in how you feel about this season, the fact that we finished third as opposed to fourth? Well, yeah, I mean, the Guardian have done their end-of-season thing and most of them have put Guardiola as the flop of the season. Uh, third means it's been a disappointment. It's not been a disaster. We finished third. It's not the end of the world. It just didn't go as well as we wanted. Did they really go there in their end of the season thing? Did, yeah, yeah. Have, have really some of those writers named Guardiola as the flop of the season? Oh, yeah, plenty. Daniel Terry, who I respect enormously. And it's like, how can he... Obviously, some have done Bravo as well, and it's hard to argue against that. But to say it's a flop of the season is ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, yeah, third's okay. It's what we... you know. St- snap your arm off for that a few weeks ago I'm just glad we got over the line we've ended well and the team looks good for next season it's not been a success uh, but you know if you're not in Europe we could have gone you know you can spend 20 million on a young you go for Laporte or someone would probably maybe still come you know if if you believed in what we were going to do and you could still get very good players you just don't you don't go for the Neymars or the Griezmanns and, but is that not you know is it really a worse thing to go for up-and-coming players instead I but it, it, it does make yeah, the big names to do just insist on playing in the Champions League don't they but uh, yeah if you're in a qualifier I think as Stefan says I think the players think oh they're going to get through the qualifier they are effect- they are effectively in the Champions League yeah yeah. So I don't think that makes much difference at all. So okay, um, I'm going to ask myself a question. Uh, it's from Tyler Owens, and the question is: In an alternative reality where bias is non-existent, what do you believe the <laughs> perception of Pep's first Manchester City season would be or should be? Um, I think that finishing third has taken what would have been an incredibly disappointing season and has made it disappointing but respectable. I think that the the perception should doesn't need to be anything beyond the fact that it was a respectable first season in charge. He didn't win any trophies, but then at the same time, he's ended up finishing third. And when you look at the sides who have finished outside of the top four, it is, for me, at least enough of an achievement to make not winning a trophy... Basically, it makes the season respectable, even though we've we've not won a trophy. Um, Howard, do you do you would you would you agree with that? My assessment of it making of it being a respectable season for Guardiola. Yeah. That, I guess that's the word, the key word for me. Certainly, if other people are using, he's been the flop of the season. Then I would certainly like to think that an objective, unbiased person. Um, so basically, anybody who doesn't work in the British media would would look at it and go. Respectable, not amazing, not terrible. Stefan? Yeah, no, I totally agree with you, sorry. Uh, so, yeah, I won't add much more. I think, I think it's still it's, it's a disappointment, but it's not a disaster. It's That's as simple as that. And I think, 
I think if you go back to the beginning pre-season predictions, there were people getting carried away with the hype, thinking he'd just walk the league because he's just a higher being. Uh, but a lot of people said that he'd struggle and he'll have to adapt. And it's so it hasn't really for a lot of people it's gone how we expected because he's had to adapt and he's learning. And I think if we crawled over the line the last few weeks with some really tepid performances, I'd be a bit more down about it all. But I've, it? but I've seen I can see what's coming really. I think with yeah. With, if we buy well in the summer, I can see an amazing team. And Cliche actually said today, he's near, you know, of all the managers, says if he adapts, he'll destroy the league. So, you know, he's one of the best he's worked with. So, and I think I can still. It's just the thing is, I do think it's competitive. We've, we've no right to win that league. We've just no right, and we'll see. We'll learn a lot next year about a lot of managers. It's like that argument: Have United had a better season than City or Spurs? Because Spurs didn't win anything, and they never do. But I know who I'd rather, yeah, leaving City out of this, I'd rather be a Spurs supporter right now than a United supporter. Yeah. Uh, we can't compete with them in the Europa League because we're not in it. And we didn't want to compete in the League Cup because we kind of threw it. So, if yeah, if you're just going to count trophies, it's been a huge disappointment. Yeah, but but I think there's, there's a lot of, uh, I think it's coming together a bit now. And I think it's all more about what in the future, the next 10 years and... I think that that's what makes it respectable. I can see it coming together now. So it's weird the way that all of those other clubs they get judged solely on where they finish in the league and what they achieve, and yet we seem to be judged with so many different weird contexts. It's like City are being judged the way the media talk about it. It's like we're judged through the through the prism of you employed Pep Guardiola, therefore we're going to be harder on you. That's bollocks, yeah? And then also, if you do that, then you should also afford the same level of criticism to United, who employed Mourinho, who came with the with the track record and the experience in the league already. So I think that there is a... I liked the question because I feel as though... I don't need to... You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not a fool. We've not had a great season by any stretch of the imagination, but it's respectable. Like, you know, it's fine. Like, it, it is what it is. He's got to do much better next season. It goes without saying. Yeah. Um, but that's, you know... It's not a disaster. Exactly. It's not... Yeah. Things but don't go we, well. That, that's life. And Spurs yeah. have got... You know, no right to win anything. No right whatsoever. So, yeah, it's we need... It's a seven to out of ten season. I mean, you know, I think we talked it's about six. it a few weeks ago. It's a seven... To me... It's a seven out of ten. It could have easily ended in a very, very uh, negative way. I think we did get quite fortunate yeah. towards the end. I think the teams that we played, when we played them, uh, you know, didn't have anything to play for. Had almost universally had injuries in the last four or five games. And so I think we got quite fortunate. But I think there's also enough pieces that are looking to come together that that makes us feel relatively upbeat. I think the company situation is game changing. And I think it also makes the way that we defend look different between wow. from, from the last four or five games, uh, which I think is also important because I think if we'd have had a whole load of calamity-style defending errors in the last few weeks, I think we might have felt differently. But you know, but ultimately, I'm not. I'm not sure it's quite as bad as as we all paranoically think about how other managers are judged. I think people have been relatively balanced about uh, you know Klopp and. Even Mourinho to an extent, although I did hear Danny Murphy's very bizarre kind of uh, 
you know, this analysis, I don't know if you heard him, he did it twice on two different programs where he's talking about how unfortunate they've been in those, in those five home games. And if they'd have got another, uh, you know, nine or 10 points, where would they have been? Well, actually, if they'd got another nine points, they still wouldn't have been above us. So, um, you know, I think, uh, but I think, it, I think people have criticized United uh, uh, as well. Um, I think it, it just goes with the territory. This is a very, very competitive league. Those top six are all very good teams. There's not that much between them. Uh, we need to do better next season. And we, you know, it's an okay season. That's all. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Um, right. On that note, I'm wrapping this up. Howard, thank you, not just for today, but thank you for taking the time all season. And Stefan, you as well. Thank you. It's been oh. a it has been a pleasure. Loved it every minute. So. Oh, thank you. You're Stefan, welcome. Thank you as well. I mean, it's Cheers. been a long season and, and, you know, it's had its ups and its downs, but but I've had a great time doing this, and but yeah. I couldn't do it if I wouldn't have, if I didn't have you guys on the other end of the line, basically. So I'm welling up much. here. I'm welling up. Right. <laughs> well, anyway, don't get too emotional because Thursday, me and you were having it out over the, uh, over something. We, we agreed far too much on this podcast on Thursday season. <laughs> there'll, be, uh, there'll be plenty of uh, feisty and to all of our listeners um, thank you very much for supporting us when we were the City Watch podcast thank you very much for continuing to support us now we're the 9320 podcast the season is over but the podcasts aren't over for us we have a season review coming on Thursday we have an exclusive interview with the author of Pep Confidential and Pep Guardiola The Evolution Marty Perrineau which will be recorded on Friday, will either be released this weekend or early next week. And then throughout the summer, we will have transfer update podcasts and, and yeah, building into next season. Uh, so, yes, thank you very much for listening. If you like what we do, go to iTunes, go to our website, 9320.com, and we will be back on Thursday with our season review. Thank you for listening.